This episode of Good Sheilas is brought to you by Marching Bambino, an eco-friendly collection of adorable wooden instruments for kids. Or grown-ups with tiny hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Marching Bambino is an Australian business owned and run by a sensational Melbourne mum who understands that kids want music to grow and parents want toys that aren't plastic landfill. Follow Marching Bambino on Instagram. They are offering 20% discount to Good Sheila's listeners. So just apply GS20 at checkout. Now let's march on, Sheila's. Fun fact about Bron. When Bron was in Ireland, she didn't have very many friends. So at 19, she went to a party with a bunch of strangers and really needed to do a wee, but didn't feel safe enough to ask where the toilet was. She was talking to the host, trying to make a nice chatter with a very, very full bladder and weed herself. Very strongly, splashing the host all over her legs. That's so awful. Did you make friends then, babe? She didn't be my friend. I couldn't believe no one was my friend. I can't believe it. I'm weird. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello, Matt. It's How been an, it's been an age. It, it has, has been, been an age. age. We have we have not um we've not recorded for a while, and no. so we've had a get we had mid season break planned as planned. <laughs> exactly, just like everything on this podcast, it is to the schedule. And the schedule when- is written out in twelve font, and everything is going comic sans, and we <laughs> and we know what we're doing. And everyone is thrilled. No, we everything we is fine. Everything's fine. But we have had a break. Like we have tried to record. Like like let's we not did. like we have tra- we have done that many like plan and cancel and plan and cancel and plan and cancel. And Claire, we do it because the fans need us. They we keep, do it. We do. They won't do leave it. us alone. Where is the content, Ron Where? and Claire? Why are you guys? alone? I can't. I don't know what my life is without all of the information you give us. And we say shh. shh. We're we're busy. We're we're just we're just doing something. No, it has been busy. I have like Ari is uh, what he's ten weeks now, so he's still quite small, and it has been. Quite a ten weeks, I tell you what. And you have just moved house, and you've gone through lockdown number four, so you've been remote learning. (laughs) Have you been learning, or have you been teaching? I have not been either. (laughs) Good. Just been doing doing my best, but I think yeah, I think I think it's okay to say that both of our mental health's been a bit skewiff, a bit wonky, a bit frayed around the edges, and that also makes it really hard because. This takes a lot of motivation and dedication, and while we love it, it's also work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's that's okay. But we still love it, and so we're back. We're back on the horse. The horses have been sad. The horses are a bit tired, Dang. but the horse is here. Crazy horse! <laughs> hey horse, what are you gonna do? You're gonna dance? You're gonna cry? And the horse is crying. The horse Sorry. is crying. The horse is crying. <laughs> yeah. I love when horses dance. Cry. Oh, 
golly. That wasn't yeah, and we also a rough trot. We also Did know that, it? like, oh, very good. Didn't even good. get my good. gag. No, Thank I, you so much. I got it. I got it. Look, I'm here for oh, it. No, I'm I love it. Oh, and dance. I'm gonna dance. It is like, look, we don't. We also don't want to record when we're a bit like a bit flat, and that has yeah. been quite quite common for both of us lately. Um, yeah, like uh, I'll speak about my own flatness, if you don't hardly mind. I um, I really, really, really uh, tried to get through this newborn stage um, unscathed. Like I thought, fuck, other women can do it. I'm going to do it. And remember my goal this year was to get through the year without going mad. Yeah, had to go, uh, babe. It's June. Uh, <laughs> look, it's tricky to decide what mad is, but I will say I failed because I went mad, Claire. And I, 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 uh, what my mad is like um, is either anxious or depression and, yeah. uh, or depressed. And I uh, got this time just depressed oh, <laughs> like there's man. no like <laughs> lolol <laughs> i was depressed <laughs> and it was quite the time i uh i just i hate i was i had a terrible like chapter where ari wasn't sleeping and i like i feel uh, um not myself when i don't sleep like i can't i i know that i know that a lot of people are like of course you're tired that's fine but i i, I genuinely can't function properly mm, like i feel like yeah. like i feel like parts of my body hurt that uh that i didn't like i don't expect to hurt you know like weird weird muscle aches and also mm. i'm constantly about to cry and it's just like and i feel quite angry at little things and um it's there's a you know like you know like you have a pang of regret for having a baby and I didn't want to I didn't want to do that anyway I went to the doctor a few times uh and she was uh just for like little things like checkups and for Ari and she just kept trying to push antidepressants on me in a kind way mm. and I was like look I don't want to do that because I had a terrible withdrawal last time yeah. and then this but then she said look these I've researched it and these ones are really easy to come off anyway I've been I went on these antidepressants Claire about a week ago and let me tell you I'm having a great time you do you sound significantly better oh, you had a really yeah. low qu- and I know so so I was going to come up um you were. and obviously not seeing me would make anybody depressed <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly why I was depressed it wasn't postnatal exactly. depression it was where's no, it Claire was, depression it was me it was all about me 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 no 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 oh, and um and then the I think the that weekend um I kind of got a sense that it had gone really dark for you because when you're when you're 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 at the, at the best of times you're you're um you are so so communicating but when you're depressed it's just like radio silence and I'm like oh no this is not good but you yeah you you have had a wonderful wonderful snap out of just being yeah. back to yourself it's really wonderful god bless medication yeah. it's magical it is. yeah and like I, I i remember we've had an argument about this before um when you we wanted to do i something won't about show it. you my boobs sprung oh my god you're such a creep oh my god no wonder i'm depressed you're so stop sexy. asking <laughs> i'm so sad keep your clothes on but we it, um i remember we were gonna broach the uh, like some kind of mental health subject on Good Sheila's, and I remember because my withdrawals off it was Lexapro, um, 
it was a couple, maybe a year ago now, maybe a bit longer, two years. And I, when my withdrawals were so bad, like I, like I, it was, they were so horrific that I was like, I can't remember why I went on antidepressants mm. to to warrant this. You know, like I, they were, the withdrawals were horrific. Like they had a, a, te- a thumping headache for about a month, and um. I couldn't think straight. It's called brain fog. So I, everything mm. felt like everything felt slow. No, I couldn't remember words. I was fl- like was super flat. Uh, and I was like, what the hell is happening? And the doctor was like, oh, yeah, that's just the withdrawals. And I was really upset that I didn't know about mm. these withdrawals before I started taking them. And I remember you saying, no, no, we don't want to stigmatize antidepressants anymore by saying don't like be you know, by scaring people away from them, which makes sense to me. I get it. I get where you're coming from. But what I guess where I was coming from was I just wish that people knew. You knew. Yeah, how, yeah. Yeah. So the ones I'm on now, Christ knows what they're called. Who cares? I, um, they, uh, they don't have the withdrawal thing at the end. Mm, and that but life is thing. good. Yeah. I, mean, I was just remembering that, um, that, that, that disagreement. That was one of those ones where, we were both coming from really different places and I should have just yeah. listened better. And um, No, yeah. well, who cares? Like, you know, it's... We, Shh, I'm talking. To the <laughs> I, you are the worst listener I've ever, ever yelled at. <laughs> Listen to my yelling. Okay? Uh, I'm not... Shit. So everything... So my, so obviously recording when I was that depressed would have been pretty ordinary. Not a fan party. No, but it's great now. I don't regret Ari. Um, which is wonderful. I'm going to be mother of the year any minute. Australian story is going to be knocking on my door any no, second no, no. now. <laughs> yeah. And what about you? Your mental health was a bit skewy for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I Why? just took that down really hard. I think that like mm. it was just that kind of going back into that place that we'd all been and everyone trying to be really resolute about it, but everyone was just like intense and anxious and it was not – it was just – just being stuck at home again just all by myself just and then having like the intensity of work and you know the reality that it this is just going to be like this for a little while and yeah. um I did yeah I did not deal with it very well did not deal with it gracefully but I think a lot of people in in Victoria had a very similar experience I don't know many people who have endured this well I don't know many people who have um who have just taken to it with any kind of um enjoyment it's just been like this collective like oh my god this is the fucking worst and um you think you think that we would be kind of well adapted to it and used to it but I think the opposite is true I think that it's actually just re-traumatized everybody because last year was so hard uh, it were um, I can only because I'm obviously I'm interstate now. I'm in Brizzy, and you are still in Melbourne. And I, um, my experience of your lockdown obviously is so different from me experiencing lockdown. And uh, people from from an interstate perspective, it's so irrelevant to to everywhere else in Australia. And I think that's the hard thing. Um, for you guys is because and when I when I lived through the lockdown I knew it was irrelevant to the rest of Australia yeah. like that's the thing that when you get mad you're like hold the hold on a sec how the fuck am I going through this and you guys are not doing anything up here absolutely nothing's changed and 
no one's even talking about you. Yeah, how dare they? I know, no, honestly, it's, because it's hard, <laughs> because it's hard. And it's just only like, you're only just two hours on the plane away. And we're like, yeah. oh, and it's not like, it's not your wrongdoing. Like you guys did not do anything wrong for this to happen. You guys were wearing masks up until quite recently. Yeah. Whereas in Queensland, the only, like the only masks that they're wearing are like KKK hoods. So it is just not. <laughs> so it is not the same. That okay. A hundred dollars good joke. Um, yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it is really alienating and it's really fascinating how quickly you jump to kind of the us and them um rhetoric and how quickly we kind of separate ourselves, you know, by state, by location and and also it's been really interesting to to see how dearly we need an enemy and of course you can't be cross at a yeah. virus like it's it, they're not even technically alive um, mm. but we can get cross at you know somebody who crosses state boundaries you can get cross with you yep. know people interstate who you feel like you, you're like you guys have been living normally for ages you deserve lockdown it's just yeah. I think we've become very irrational and very sensitised so you and I have um, recently shared some research because we are scientists after scientists. all, scientists, academics, and everything. We know it all. But there was um, there was some research from Brown U- University about um, exactly this: this idea that you know, having had this experience before, we'd be really ready to have it again. Um, but um, the this research says that um, if you've been um, if you've ha- <laughs> what <laughs> nailed it so yeah so brown so brown university uh, Thank with you. that's okay <laughs> with the with the university of conception <laughs> in central chile oh my gosh yes nailed it they uh they have done a lot of research within like trauma about trauma and it says and it, they've kind of debunked this whole idea that what doesn't kill you make you strong makes you stronger mm. so they're saying that if you live through some kind of trauma that kind of is a chink in your armor. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't strengthen you often. So, uh, it, 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 I guess this whole this this study is trying to show us that. Um, and look, we'll go into some of the statistics in a sec. But what I what the reason why we're talking about this is trying to trying to uh, say that if someone has lived through something pretty horrific, it doesn't mean that they are going to be able to live through something else horrific and be yeah, able to just take just, it in their stride. Yeah, and, and I mean, we know this fundamentally about people, right? Like we know that that um, that people don't necessarily kind of become more resolute just because they've experienced really difficult things. Um, and, but yet that narrative still continues and we celebrate it. Like you and I have talked about this before in the podcast, this idea that somebody's gone through so much and yet they're really tough and positive. And we're like, yeah, go them. But then if you reflect on it, it's like, huh, like maybe we're actually really supporting and embedding this really unhelpful narrative that yeah you're doing a bad job if you have something really hard happen to you and you're not kind of made better by it yeah and I get that goes for everything with our kids as well why do we have to put them through so many horrible things and be like you've done harder things before you've done harder things before so what the study had show shows that um Past stresses and traumatic events increase vulnerability to mental illness, such as mm. post-traumatic stress disorder and major depressive disorder. Mm. So, I guess the why this is relevant in today's app is because um, I think what Melbourne, uh, so what happened with Victoria is. Uh, when you're saying this is a fourth lockdown you guys went through yeah. and how everyone even though it was much shorter 
um, and perhaps there were a little bit like you know there was some people understood the ins and outs there wasn't that confusion around oh god how long is this going to be for because they did they did have an end date mm. even though you know that was kind of it could have been flexible but there were you know the one one that we went through I don't know it was the second or the third there was absolutely no end date it was a dead of winter everyone was a bit nervous mm. it, the numbers were set, like, the numbers were drastically higher than what they were this time um, there was still like a kind of ambiguity on how how this how like how we were going to handle this there was no vaccine yeah. in sight this time was completely different you guys there, there's a vaccine that was in the community but just the boomers weren't doing it taking it there god was damn boomers. god damn it um there was like there was an end date the you guys were used to it um the like everyone knew how to work from home all of these things seemed to be a little bit easier than before but people handled this this worse and so what this study that was this study was interesting is it it was because there was a chink in your armor already there was a hole and we we were just we just we we were kind of flung back into what that felt like but the other thing I really noticed is that any kind of any kind of novelty had gone remember how last year there was still even even during the second yeah everyone was like oh I'm really enjoying you know being able to have some more time at home with my family and you know do things that I wouldn't necessarily have had the time for and all this stuff but now the novelty is completely gone and all that's left is the fear and that, yeah. that realisation that, fuck, this isn't over yet and nor will it be for a really long time. And I think we kind of, we, we'd settled into this, like we did it <laughs> mindset, yeah. like we fixed it and we hadn't. Yeah. And, and that also fell really hard. So, well, yeah, I think and everyone also it was yeah and also people I think people were like oh I'm good, so good to have downtime but downtime's kind quite like quite exhausting with yourself like you're yeah. like oh god I learned things about oh me my god I'm the worst yeah exactly <laughs> I'm a piece of shit <laughs> and then it. yeah and then you go wait you have to spend more time with yeah. that piece of shit and you're like fuck I oh, don't I learn anything more bitch. about myself <laughs> I need especially if you have like anxiety you yes. don't want more silence no like, you, you need don't. to be like out and doing things and like having some level of control Mm. and so if you are a little bit susceptible and even if you're not like you are like your mental health would not flourish in those in this in that circumstance it's the worst and so this study was this study was for those who were think because i know that a lot of people felt um they felt uh like silly feeling angrier Mm. at this time or they Mm. felt like oh god we've already done this before and other states I'm telling you, other sta- when you guys had to do this again, Ugh. like the, the the general vibe, the rest of well, if I can say it for Mel- for Brisbane, for uh, Queensland is, oh poor old Melbourne, they always get the like the short straw, draw the short straw, and it's like oh yeah, that's true, but also we probably <laughs> we're probably really underestimating what they're going through because. Mm. Um, if you if this one is harder than the last one, I can't, I'm so glad I'm not there. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so I'm really sorry to say that, but it just is cruel that it happened to you guys again. So rude. So rude. COVID. So for rude. God's sake. Because every other state, Claire, like every other state, there's like this like cheek. There's like this like false alarm. Yeah, they're like, like whoopsie, we fixed it. It's fine. Everybody yeah, go back to it, normal. But it doesn't make any sense. Like in Brisbane, in Brisbane, there was a emergency doctor who had COVID, 
who was treating vulnerable people <sighs> like for a couple of days. She was going to a uh, she went to a cafe, she went to a gym, she went out for dinner. She saw like so many people and nothing happened. It's just, yeah, it's, it's that there was a really interesting article in The Age um, the other day about exactly this, about why we're so much more susceptible and it came up with all these different theories like because of the way Melbournians live, we tend to travel a lot more across the suburbs, whereas in other states where, you know, you're more likely to stay kind of in your pocket of the area, so it's more, more easy to kind of make a chain link fence around where an outbreak is and that also you know cold weather the virus thrives in it because you know you tend to be indoors and huddle closer and there are also kind of conversations about like disadvantaged people in Melbourne and living in particular communities and the way that they might interact and and that was it was thoroughly debunked by a bunch of epidemiologists who looked looked at and went like you can't actually say that that any of these things are particularly true for Melbourne. It's just luck. It's just bad luck. And that's really hard to sit with. It's really hard to be like, oh, we're just a bit unlucky because we desperately need an enemy. We need someone to point to. But we also have a government who are now very freely admitting where the language last year was about flattening the curve. It's now they're like, we want zero cases. And Mm. if you want to get to zero cases, you have to have hard lockdown. It's the only way. But everyone's getting a bit cross and frustrated down here because we feel like we're operating under just one metric and i'm all about public health responses they're the most you know it's so important that we we get the balance right this you know this virus is deadly but i feel like we're too fixated on just this one thing on zero cases when there are so many other things we need to look at like you know people's mental health and yeah you know the livelihood of small business and um, our friend bianca um uh wrote an article about this um just last night and she interviewed the um, owner of Pellegrini's which is a really famous restaurant in Melbourne City you know if you're in Melbourne and everybody knows Pellegrini's and he said if we have one more lockdown my business won't survive I'll go under and and it's 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 that really it's 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 a really difficult balance and you have to balance things and I don't think we're balancing it enough and it's it's for the first time I'm like I think we're going too far we have to something has to give um, yeah, and I'm, I'm quite surprised by this shift in my own thinking. Because... Well, yeah, and but this is well, that's just means you're someone who is like self-aware. Like you, you, you know, you're not going to be like, no, what I think is the only thing. Like you're listening, and this is what Australia, like, you know, this is what why Australia is so divisive. A lot yeah. of the time is because we don't listen to each other, or we don't listen to anything. And uh, I have been, gotten to a number of um, arguments with very right-wing people up here um, <laughs> having which has made time <laughs> oh my god it's made me so mad claire it's I made can't me even... so proud of you because thank like, you but i don't oh, but it's, 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 not, it's right pointless. it's absolutely pointless <laughs> i'm like i'm like hey do you know that australia's pretty racist and they're like no it's not and they're like you know christian porter is a pretty good guy <laughs> if christian porter i'm like what sorry and they're like he was like the lady was crazy I'm like, oh my god, I can't even. And like, they're like, the cope. media isn't racist. Like all this stuff. Just the me- like, Rupert Murdoch's media is completely. <laughs> they are really, really good people. They're great. It's a find that they own eighty percent of the media in Australia. They're doing the right thing with it. We should trust them. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying. Like, I'm tired. Like, I can't be bothered arguing with people in on like a, just a regular day. I've got a seven-year-old who wants to punch on with me all the time. Like I am busy, and then and then like an idiot will be like, 
Hello. Um, Welcome to Bank Walker National Talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guess what? Um, guess what? Um, our switch was fine. And I'm like, what? You oh know, like I just, God. do you know what I'm like? I don't, I can't. You I, don't it, have a feel, so you feels, can't just swallow it. But, I, but also, I can't be fucked. Like, I'm like, yeah. I, they're not going to, so we don't listen to each other anyway and i'm trying to like i'm really trying to listen to some of the right-wing people up here like i'm like okay fine all right i'm trying but it's just nonsense like well you know the economy you know it always comes back to that somehow somewhere and i'm like ugh, you're boring everyone's boring everyone is boring except frank walker national type (laughs) all right and speaking of how much our, our government has let us down, Claire, and the, like we, I know that, uh, and do you know what? I'm going to dig, I'm going to dig our heels in, our collective heels in, because we have apologised a bunch of times for offending people nah, um, no for more. certain things, <laughs> and yeah, and we have been like, oh, look, we don't want to, like, we do want a really good vibe here and stuff, but do you know what? We there's things that we believe in, like fundamentally believe in, like tiles, like discount tiles. Frank Walker, what a guy! <laughs> exactly. Like we, uh, and I think it's okay for people to not listen to us if they don't they, they don't like us, and that is yes. okay. And if you don't like our Instagram, if we post something on Instagram that you do not like, if you think that's fucked, and if it's if you DM us and you're like, oh. By the way, that was a little bit offensive. We will happily take it down if we agree with you. But if it is something about the Liberal Party, we will happily tell you to get fucked because <laughs> the Liberal Party has let us down time and time again. And do you know one of the, their biggest failings, the one of the, something that should be a black mark on their entire party for the rest of time is robo-debt. Robo-fucking-debt. So... I got a letter, Bron. Do you remember that? Stevie was about yeah. six months old, and you know, I'm I'm really privileged. I'm I've I've been to uni. I I'm I have a I had a law degree at that point, so I understood the parameters of what I was receiving. But when you get a letter from the government with a big logo on the top saying you have broken the law and you owe us a fuckload of money, it doesn't matter who you are. It is absolutely terrifying, and I spent I think a good six months absolutely terrified that I was even though I knew I'd done nothing wrong I was like oh my god the odds are stacked against me what does this mean for my career what does this what if I go to jail you lost nights of sleep over this. Yeah, you, and I, was I remember. Distraught. I remember you, you got. I remember when you got the letter and you told me you were so ashamed. You're like, oh my god, I've got this letter saying I owe all this money to the government. So this is what Robo Debt is, guys. Robo Debt is a government initiative that was trying to like. It was supposedly trying to reclaim all this money that all of these scoundrels, all of these dole bludgers had stolen from the taxpayers from of Australia. Yeah, and so the, all of these like. I was saying it was 430,000 Australians mm. were contacted and said, you owe us X amount of money. Some of them were like, like you know, thousands of dollars. Some of them were tens, hundreds yeah, some, of thousands of dollars. Some of it was devastating so amounts. much yeah. money. And it wasn't just, it wasn't to Rupert Murdoch, Claire. No, 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 no. It wasn't to James Packer. It was to some of the most vulnerable of Australia. Yeah. It was it was the people who don't earn very much money. Like you mm-hmm. had just had a baby. You'd been, uh, you'd been, you know, practicing law for a short amount of time. You didn't have an enormous amount of assets. But I was one you of the not... very, very luckiest ones. Yeah. Like, cause I could, so, I could organize a repayment 
scheme and I could I could I could then kind of rationalize and be like okay I paid it back nothing's going to happen this haunted people for years there were there, there have been suicides on the record as a consequence of, of suicides yeah Claire your mental health went to the dogs I remember like you when you got the letter and you explained to me I just got this letter and I was like oh my god that um that's shit how much and you were like I'm too embarrassed like I don't I don't know how it happened I'm sure I did everything right I don't know how this has come come my way and then like a couple of weeks later you were quite disheveled I was like you're all right you should brush your hair and you were like uh I'm so stressed out about this thing like I I don't know I've fucked I fucked everything for my family like I've got this enormous debt and I was like but you don't like it's not true like it's not real and you even though you understood that it couldn't possibly have been real that daunting thing of the commonwealth logo on the top of that letter mm. with this really really like uh you the know language, the language letter. was like you have broken the law we know yeah. you did it pay us back girls there'll be within 28 days it was really full-on and like mm. this so the way the way they ran robert it was um some clever guy and we're going to name names scott this is why no minister has been held accountable it was scott morrison's scheme at the time he was head of the department um he was responsible for creating a computer algorithm under you know all under his department um to raise debts against uh, welfare recipients and this because it was an algorithm it was a computer program so it's run with very very little human oversight so basically it ran the program and it sent you a letter and said you owe x much and it was done by matching people's tax data with their welfare data so for me i was a student in 2000 and gosh i think it would have been like 2010 such a long time ago and i was working two jobs at the time at a cafe and at a bar and one of those jobs, I wasn't being taxed properly, and so, um, so the no way no one was, no one like, was. If you live in, I'm going to say it, if you live in Melbourne, and you are studying full time, and you are on, well, this is, and you are on like um, student allowance, yeah. There's no way you can live. You can't with, live a, unless on it. you live with your parents. Yeah, you can't. So it's nothing. A, a lot of people were working off the books. Yeah. And I was working on the books of both of those jobs, funnily oh. enough. Like I was getting paid properly. Like it's just that it was being like it was tax strong. And so it came like and I just I, I you know, like it, it was a really terrifying thing because I had a tiny baby and I was like, oh, my God, what if I go to jail trying to figure out how yeah. it happened? But that letter was like, we know you did the wrong thing. But again, I am not I'm like I'm not one of the worst <laughs> victims here. We're talking about people who have, you know, who have disabilities, who have who have mental health problems who have you know who were who literally driven to to hurt themselves yeah because of the like people on the, like senior citizens were, yeah senior citizens were like oh my god i've i've ruined everything yeah and people paid this back like people yeah, paid did. the government yeah. pay, paid paid the government thousands and thousands of dollars that they did not have hmm. so that so um that they so, didn't know they didn't. They didn't know. So, so there is a there is an onus of proof in in things like this. It is the onus of the debt debtee, the person who is owed the debt, to establish that a debt exists, and they completely avoided that onus. So, what why it came, why it's in the news at the moment is um, the federal court heard a um heard a um settlement uh, for. Uh, 1.8 billion dollars for people who had been pursued by the government scheme and he assessed it um last year there was a class action run by a sydney law firm um 
uh, on a no win no fee basis um, and people were refunded um, some of their money by the Commonwealth last year but now this is a separate issue about um, basically the harm caused by the scheme so it's about com- it's about providing compensation dropping debt recovery and paying back the debts um, and um, they the government had recovered 750 million dollars from people oh my god from 381,000 people who paid it back i was one of those people um and oh, did so you pay it i paid it did yeah of course oh, I, of course i did of course i did just like any like any like it was terrifying so um justice murphy who heard the heard the matter said it was unlawful a massive failure in public administration and a shameful chapter in australian politics and he said that everybody who worked on it particularly the person at the top scott morrison should have known that the scheme was flawed and unlawful <gasps> And this is our but, prime minister. And they've said but fucking even nothing. if he didn't, this is the thing. Like, even if it's like, okay, fine, let's just give him the better for the doubt. He didn't know. He didn't know. He thought the algorithm was completely fine. Great. The fact of the matter is, it's come out to be unlawful, and no one has, like, no one in the Liberal Party has had to say, oh, sorry about that, or. Uh, do you know what? I probably shouldn't have my job anymore. And the reason why is because Scott Morrison was the person. He was the person, exactly. It's, it's initiated just, he was accountable. That. And so that's not why nobody's heads are rolling. It's the Prime Minister. What makes me even angrier is that Frydenberg, who was such a little slimy dickhead, um, he's a federal treasurer, was interviewed about it. And they were so, they're so, what they're trying to do is avoid liability, right? They will not say that they did anything wrong. They've said they're sorry for the hardship that has been caused by the administration of this scheme. So if you hear that sentence, there's layers upon layers of obfuscation. They're not saying we did the wrong yeah. thing. And then they then he said, it is very difficult when it comes to recovering debts, but it's a process that has been adopted by successive governments. And just oh, they're saying basically we all do it. Fault. It's fine. And then that so he was asked about um, people who who um, who died by suicide after they got robodets, and he's like, suicide, mental health issues. They're very complex, and there are many factors at play. Fuck you, man. I, that's a, <laughs> see, that's what makes me so mad. Like that, that it, 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 and this is and this is why, like time and time again, the Liberal Party, it, like it's such everything's so pointed at them, and then they go, but how can you prove it was me? So this is so when it, you know, like for example, Christian Porter, that lady, the lady who he raped. You know, I get. I'm gonna have to say allegedly because we don't know exactly. But he was a creep, a lady who had a horrific life after dating him who said he forced himself on her. She took her own life and what the people in the Liberal Party often are saying is, how can you prove it? And it's like, well, you guys... You guys don't listen to anything and, and you never care. ever take accountability. <laughs> and of course we can't prove it we weren't there, but are you uh, is there any mo- was there a moment that you believed her? And probably not. No. And so when it comes to this robo debt, if there's anyone who's committed suicide, it's their first like you know, the Liberal Party's first thing is like the first point of like I guess like uh, distraction or um, um, I guess argument is how do how do you know it was our fault? And it's the, it it's the, the narrative, right? It's like they're, they're talking they're, from the beginning of this campaign, they talked about welfare cheats and doll bludgers. That's always been the narrative because we have a federal government, you know, a conservative government mm. that hates giving people social welfare. And layering on top of that is that 
their language is all about well of course people who are on welfare are bad people and of course they have mental health issues because they're talking about bad people and of course there are other things going along you know with them to make them kill themselves like there's just layer and layer of stigma and othering and just this fundamental lack of compassion which just embeds this idea that social welfare or any form of it is the person who's receiving its fault you know we like yeah it's that, mer- it's, it's that it's that meritocratic idea that if you're in a good place you've earned it and you deserve it and if you're not exactly. in a good place it's because you haven't done enough and you don't you just deserve didn't it work hard yeah you didn't work hard and you were given the exact same opportunities as me yeah so, and look at me sorry. i'm i did really fucking great i'm the prime minister yeah i went to a private boys school and i did my homework sometimes yeah so of course that's where i am what did you go you went to logan state school i don't care like you probably you could have done your homework mate yeah. i don't care that your mum was a single mum and you had 19 brothers and sisters it's it's that it's that lack of empathy and yeah. that lack of like trying to understand that someone comes from a different place than your point of privilege yes it's just in, infuriating but the, infuriating the thing, that, the thing that drives me mad about this is that you know they're going to still kind of pursue welfare recipients as if they're wrongdoers and they're still going to claw money back from people using different mechanisms and there's going to be no consequences from this they're paying back oh, the money none. there's a class none. action they'll have to pay some you know hardship money but there's no you know we have a prime minister who is directly accountable for this scheme and nothing will happen nothing and unlawful the federal court says it's unlawful nothing will happen there'll be no consequences none well why why would there be if you are if you are the queen of england which i am exactly you are not going to have to do anything and scomo is the queen of australia and he is going to say nothing. And I hate that guy so much. It's, I, it's, I feel like this is like, I feel like this is a really bad time for Australian uh, politics. Um, I feel like this is, you know, it just uh, COVID whilst we are, sure, whilst we are getting through COVID pretty well. Uh, there have been a number of things that um, the government has done. Vaccination rollout, hotel yeah. quarantine, just COVID alone. They've fucked it, mate. Yeah, but like COVID aside, this this has just been, you know. Oh, my God, and the Biloela family. God, oh, the, like even, children in Christmas Island. I, I guess this, uh, you can tell by the fury and the frustration in our voices that obviously we have a political agenda and yes. we have very strong views about the inhumanity of this government and there's a lot more to unpack but i think bron is one of our purposes trying to get them not elected next time around can we be yeah. that unapologetic yeah fuck it I hate we them. we like want I, that like government I, out yeah and i like i have tried like i have tried to understand i'm like cool look look they're people and people vote for them and fine but every single thing every argument that i see uh, that people kind of put forward yeah it's just it's just it's just completely covered in white privilege I'm yeah like, you are not thinking about anyone but you and your except family. yourself and your fucking franking credits <laughs> yeah and also like it, there's got to be more to life than money like, oh, I, I, there's there got is. to be 
and I mean these people uh, so I'm I'm so angry that that uh, about our government I'm so angry at a lot of the people who um, I have tried to engage in conversation with about it and I am angry that uh, they are continuously getting away with abhorrent things like robo debt like RoboDebt, no consequences, mate. So let's get them out. They were going to call a federal election this year. And one of the reasons is because the government has been polling so well for the COVID response, which, as we have said, is ridiculous. It was based in the state's action rather than the federal government who have just bungled the whole bloody thing. See vaccination rates. Um, but uh, ScoMo is now reviewing whether or not to hold it at all because... Um, Everything that's been happening in Victoria, as well as the current uh, the current kind of social climate, is indicating that they may not do as well. But the other the other thing is that they don't care about Victoria because we're all bloody labour voters. They don't care about our state. That's why they're not helping or intervening or giving our small businesses any extra cash. Like it's just they don't care. They're just like fuck you guys. You vote labour. We're going to focus on other states. Yeah, I don't. It is. Yeah, it is time and time again. It is um, poor Victoria has been through enough, uh, and also they like you know that they took away JobKeeper for mm. you guys. I don't know how people working in hospitality got through the last thing, mm. <laughs> got through anything. Like I mean, sure, some people made more money on JobKeeper, and that's a lot of liberal uh, voters' um, argument is seven hundred fifty dollars a week. That's heaps of money, and sure, that is more money uh, than perhaps than the minimum wage, but that is like now they've gone through weeks without it, mm. and also. Uh, who, how do you know how they spent it? And also $750 compared to what people who didn't have to lose their jobs had to, like, you know, the people who kept their jobs in the higher, like the more, the, pe- the companies that profited enormous amounts because the yes. government kept throwing JobKeeper at them and kept throwing... Have loads you know, of money. You don't have to prove anything. It's yeah. cool. We're tax friends cuts. here. Tax cuts, <laughs> tax cuts. But it was the rich that the rich got through... Like, sure, some people survived COVID on um, these $750, but the rich got through it easily. Better off. Better off. But let's, let's not ignore the fact that the top echelons of Australian society have become richer through COVID. It's, yeah, the system is broken and we're furious, but I think we're we furious. need to de-escalate because I feel like we've gotten a little... Bit. Yeah. You know what helps people de-escalate after having a, a an argument and or a baby? Mother's group. Mother's group. <laughs> it is My segues right. are almost as good as yours. Your segues are second last they make in the no, whole world. They make <laughs> no sense no, ever. I do, enjoy, I do enjoy listening to you get there. I'm like, here she goes. What's she going to do? It's coming. She I love de-escalating it. at Mother's Group. It's exactly where everyone goes for it. So, yeah, we wanted to chat a little bit about, to finish off the episode, we're going to chat really quickly about Mother's Group. I have not I have not embarked in mother's group for this um, for this newborn experience, and I can actually like I'm in a new state, and they have my maternal healthcare nurse said, oh, because you've just moved here, you can do mother's group again, and I was like, oh my god, and then I had this moment where I was like, a bit of me was like, oh great, I have no friends, and then the other bit of me was like, oh, don't <laughs> give me that option, yucky. But my experience with mother's group 
was actually really positive when Olive was born. I had a really great group. You had a wonderful one. It was super, none of us really had anything in common, um, really, apart from babies. our babies were born the same time. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we're all different ages. There was some, there was some absolute quacks in there, absolute <laughs> psychopaths in there. I love those there. stories. It's red from yeah. the hot chip. <laughs> oh, shit. Stop doing it. Yeah, oh. that one baby was called Heathcliff. Like it was, it was a wild time. And we all, but we all came to this like from all different walks and we all came to this like common middle ground where we all, all had these dumb babies and uh, we got along really well, most yeah. of us. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think much of us are in, com- uh, are in contact now, but we, it, we survived that time partly because of that little, well, I did, yeah. well, I did um, anyway. And, but Claire, you had a very different experience. It was a group. bit of a funny one. I, I yeah. Pray tell. Like Pray tell. A couple of a couple of the women and I stayed in touch after, although I've not really the a couple of lovely people I've not really chatted to them much over the last couple of years. Um, but um, it was just apart from those two, it was a really I never felt particularly welcomed, and that's a I guess a gentle way to put it. I was a fair bit younger than not, not significantly, but you know I was the youngest. I think. Claiming so gentle about this, <laughs> tell us exactly. No one cares about. No one oh. in your mother's group's listening. Can you tell us how your mother's group went down? Oh, Stevie was born. Steve was born. It was yep. a very unwelcoming space. I made a few faux pas by making jokes that didn't go down very well, and then a couple of times I bumped into most, not all of them, but most of them. Um, at events that they'd pointedly not invited me to. And I was like, oh, that's not very kind. Yeah. That's <laughs> really so my, mean. One of my favourites is like, because Olive was born uh, just short of four months before Stevie. And so I had my mm. mother's group before. And you were like, oh, my God, I can't wait for I was so group. I was excited. Like, I was like, these people are going to be my sisters. Yeah. This is going to be the best. I couldn't the wait. Best. And I, sh- I remember, my like, sisters. getting ready. I remember, like, choosing my outfit really carefully. It was just, like, such – I felt like it was such a huge, important event. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no. And then you went and then there were a pack of cunts. And not I was – all of them not all a lot of them and then you were like and you uh um yeah not every single one but let's just further story let's just say lots of them and you were like oh I don't think they like me I was like Claire don't be stupid you're being paranoid sure they like you like you're fine and then you said one day you came home you were like oh I don't I'm pretty sure they don't like me. And I was like, come on. Okay, give me an example. And you were like, well, today I was breastfeeding Stevie and then she like bit my nipple and so I ripped her off my nipple and I said, ow, motherfucker. And <laughs> Funny. And yeah. And she's, you said that a bunch of the mums looked at you like you were disgusting. Yeah, like, that was a real moment. I was, and like, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they don't like you, darling. Like you don't go back there. Don't go. And then you went to the park once with Wally and, the, and Stephen, you having a really bad day. And you were like, let's just go to the park. You went to the park and most of your mother's group were there like having a little picnic. Yeah. And like, that was what are you brutal. doing here? Exactly. Like, oh. It wasn't you're even like, like, did you not get the invite? It was like, why are you here? Get away from us. <laughs> that was Get awful. away. It was at, psycho. I, oh, it was at those, it, it was at Edinburgh Gardens. And I, yeah. I just remember this, like it was horrible. I was so embarrassed. I was like, yeah, oh my you text God, me, oh my God. You text me about <laughs> it and I was like oh that is cruel like on so all, cruel. of all the days the days that you were feeling a little bit flat you're like let's go and like let's make me feel better in nature and then a 
pack of cunts were sitting there saying, <laughs> we don't like you, Claire. And you were like, cool. That's cool. I th- yeah, I thought I, – so I went to I, – I, when Frida was born, I didn't really have many people around me that were having a baby at the same yeah. time. And so I went to one mother's group, um, like just Did like you? the introductory – Yeah, I went to like an introductory session and um, I was just so – like I was so self-conscious and so traumatised by like the last experience that I never came back, even though I'm sure that they were really lovely, warm, kind women. I was just like, no, 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 no. But when yeah. I have another baby, I think I'll go back because like it's lonely and you just need people. Yeah around you who are going through the same thing which is why uh, going looping around why I really want you to go to mother's group Bron yeah and I'm going to tell you why first of all like you I know that you're nervous about like you know this probably similar things to I am like you know having not being able to relate to people or you know not having anything to talk about but you're so charming and you're just so lovable I have no doubt that every single fucker in that group would love you and if they don't yeah I'll kill I'm them. not concerned <laughs> Claire, I feel like this is where we have we have misunderstood each other enormously. I don't give a shit if no one likes me. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm 34 and I have got three kids. I haven't slept in 10 weeks. I am on medication. I couldn't give a fuck if no one likes me. Like, that is not an issue that I face at this point in my life, okay. which is I'm so liberating. So okay, I've, I've misread please, the situation. Please never forget who I am. I don't care. I don't care. What I, I love do... how whenever I say, like, or whenever I'm like, hey, you're a really wonderful person. I really appreciate you. You're like, get fucked. I don't care if anyone likes me. Yeah, I don't care. So I don't fuck care. Off. I don't care. I, I don't care what I, you think of me. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. Yeah, I don't. Like, I've spent too long and being like oh maybe I shouldn't say that like I'm just gonna say it and then if they don't like me it's like that's fine I've got Claire (laughs) Claire do you remember do you remember how you said you were my friend no I don't care like I I I dread going to these in groups because they can be insufferable they can be insufferable it's the like and I'm like I'm on this Facebook group um, for uh, babies are born around the same time as what Ari's been born, and it's just like so many, so much dumb, so many dumb questions. And I know that they're not dumb questions to the people, but it's like one question this lady posted, which good on her for asking it, but fuck me, it was, should I feel bad? I'm not putting nappy rash cream on my baby if she doesn't have nappy rash. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've I'm out. <laughs> All right, and then and Claire, it had like twenty four comments. Oh my god! Should I and feel I... bad about putting a saddle not on my horse because I don't have a horse and it's my daughter? <laughs> exactly. Should I feel bad about being not racist if I don't go for the liberals? It's like I live no, in exactly. Yes, everything is everything is that. But uh, oh so I'm like, oh my god, that that is exhausting. Because I've had, you know, like I've gone through the first baby stress of being not understanding anything. So I'm like, okay, fine. I don't necessarily have to have the patience for people who don't understand what nappy rash cream is for. But it is, I can't handle the the the. the, the so that post in itself was like, oh, that's a bit annoying. The thing that was most annoying is the 24 comments. You don't have to say something about everything, do you know? So mother's group is like, hey, guys, um, I have uh, have a baby and her name is Jill. And then everyone has to say something. I love I love the, the sound of Jill's is name. Is a Jill like a gill of a fish? 
Or is it's it exactly. Jill like Giles? So we call her Giles. Yeah. It, <laughs> but what, like, do you mean like Jill as in rhymes with Bill or is in Jill that rhymes with Akuna Matata? Like, I don't know what you're trying to say. Let's talk about it. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, why do you complicate everything? Like, let's just get through this without being such pompous fuckheads. So <laughs> I am not I am not worried about people not liking me, Claire. I was saying you can Clearly. see. But no. I am I am worried about this weird, weird thing that happens to women when they have a baby often, which is there's either there's a lev- a level of like um people being like super judgmental about yeah, other people's and choices. The competitive shit. I don't. I'm not like the, a lot of the and this Facebook page that I'm on. A lot of people are posting photos of their smiling babies, going, "My baby slept through the night. It's oh, the best." So annoying. He's six weeks of all old. All the things to keep to yourself. Yeah, and it's like read the fucking room, Shanae. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? And so, I, and I Aww. like as a third time, third time mum, I'm like, ugh, okay, fine. Your baby's one of those freaks that just sleeps. But if that was, if, fuck you know, your baby. Was, yeah, fuck <laughs> that, fuck Jill, <laughs> fuck her, fuck her so bad. It's fuck Jill. Jill like the fish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Jakuna Matata. But I was like, oh my god, this is not a, this is not nourishing. This is not a nourishing space. And that's what I find about uh, Matt Mother's Group. It is such a fine line between is this actually helpful or is this a place where women can be cunts? Like, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, I, I have, I feel like, like never of the time. I have a slightly different perspective. I think that, I think that, yeah, people definitely don't read the room. And I think that people can be, insensitive without realizing that they are i think i think everyone just kind of grasps right after you especially after yeah. you the first time like for your identity for your sense of self and you're like oh here's a tiny thing and i want to share it with somebody who might relate to me or might hear me i'm not saying that like like i, I also find those groups can be quite toxic like I, do, I don't i don't really enjoy them because i generally feel like like i i get really fixated on like what i'm doing wrong or what someone else is doing right and it's just not a um it's just not a great space for me, but yeah, I see why they exist because everybody just needs validation. Yeah. And also, it's really lonely. Like the days are really bloody long. You haven't slept all night. You just uh, you're just waiting for something to happen. Babies are so boring. Oh my god, I cannot tell so you. Boring. So cute. They've, so boring. Yeah. So so cute. So boring. Only now, Ari is ten ten and a half weeks old. He's only now started smiling, and like oh, that's it. Like so that's it. Cute. Yeah, he's very cute. But I mean, like like uh, if that's all I'm hanging out for, as a smile <laughs> after ten weeks, Get a it's job. like wow, <laughs> you have not paid a single cent in tax, and so I'm angry. And so I, I but but so I I can I can see why they exist. I love that they exist. People do need the support. They can can work wonders. I like thought for a second you were talking about babies. Good. I I see why they exist. <laughs> I, I can understand. I this. get it. I get the whole continuation Mm-mm-mm. of the human race kind of vibe. But you know, like otherwise, <laughs> otherwise kill them. Fuck Jill. Fuck Jill. Stupid <laughs> fish name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Isn't it weird? Like I, 
Um, listening to, you know, looking at all the photos of Ari, even though I really didn't like pregnancy very much, like, I can't wait to have another baby. Yeah, you're insane. It's funny how our brains are just like, oh, yeah, you don't. Just remember how that happened. We're not going to remember how that happened. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is why women end up having, like, 17 babies, because their brains are like, shh. (laughs) It's so terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, like... I am so like I've I'm so tired that I could cry blood but I um and there have definitely been moments where I'm like why did we do this again uh especially because he only just started smiling so he's been the most ungrateful motherfucker for Such 10 dick. weeks we've always said it yeah always knew I bloody knew it man am I right man am I right ladies ladies but I do but I, I like um it is really really hard and I think that what we constantly underestimate is just how hard it is and and it's if we go back if we even have a look at like the study that we referred to at the start is just because you've had one point of trauma doesn't mean that the next time you experience trauma it's going to be easier we can say the same thing with with, yeah you can say the same thing with like having a baby Ari's in in a, a way easier baby than Olive, but I'm still having. I I still feel. You still having uh, a shit time less, of it. Yeah, I I feel less equipped to mm. take it in my stride this time, and I think yeah. that that's what they study. Um, and we'll post it on. We can post it on the, our stories on Instagram because it's really interesting. Just because you've gone through something shit before doesn't mean the next shit thing's going to be easier. Often it's it means it's going to be harder. <laughs> it's going to be more shit. So it's our yeah. inspirational thing with the day. It's wow, we should. But then yeah. you are going to join a mother's group, right? I am. So I love yes. It. And I'm doing this for Good Sheilers. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, not for Ari, who's he? But I'm doing this for Good <laughs> Sheilers. I'm going to join a mother's group and I am going to report back on just exactly what I think about it. And guess I what? I think it might be lovely. I think you're going to mix it. You like, they're going to meet some really lovely women who yeah. are your friends. That is my bet. I think you're going to be really pleasantly surprised. I and I'm not going to care. Friends. I'm not going to care if they don't like me. And if they don't like me, in fact, that's actually perfect. I'm going to be like, this is <laughs> what they you. don't like about me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Prove my point. Yeah. <laughs> I win. I win. I'm very lonely and I win. Oh, it'll be good. All right, Dal. With this has been good shearers. This has it been has a highly been. medicated good shearers. Hello, hello. Everything's everyone's good. an antidepressant. <laughs> everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> so good okay all right i will speak to everyone soon we will speak to australia soon all right we love you except love the you liberal can... party <laughs> okay, <you're>... Bye. Bye. <laughs>